Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Everyday Theology, where we connect theological truth to everyday believers. We are ordinary pastors, and we are communicating the truths of God to ordinary believers. My name is Ben Campbell, and I'm sitting here with Dustin Walters, and we are having such a good time podcasting today, aren't we? It's been great, Ben. The fun thing is, when we record these multi-sessions, in our brain, we're thinking about the previous episode, but sometimes we air them (laughs) in a different way. So sometimes our listeners may pick up on, but uh, as you pointed out before, we definitely do this not all, like we do this all at one time so we can get some content out. But anyway, great to be here with Ben. Glad you guys are listening in to this episode of Everyday Theology. Hopefully these episodes are coherent mm-hmm. enough to uh, for people to understand something of what we're saying. So, <laughs> well, today, Absolutely. man, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a wonderful topic, uh, and uh, and in fact, it's been uh, labeled by some different theologians in the Reformation as the doctrine on which the church stands or falls, and that is the doctrine of justification by faith. And uh, justification is Paul's go to doctrine for understanding the gospel and uh and so we want to talk today about how justification centralizes itself in the christian life um so dustin take us to uh paul's message there and kind of give us an overview of of paul's motif of justification in in maybe the book of romans well justification understood properly is a forensic act whereby um, God makes us right. He not only declares us righteous, but actually justifies us. Um, the need for justification is that humans, in a Pauline understanding, we are separated from God through sin. And it is only through the imputed righteousness of Jesus that we can be brought back, reconciled to God the Father. Um, and so Paul talks about this idea of justification throughout the scriptures, uh, a couple of passages, people could read Romans 3 through 5, all of the chapters, but also a very short passage, which I'm going to read today is Galatians 2, Galatians 2, 15 through uh, 21. And Ben, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and read this. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version today because it's the Bible that was closest to me. (laughs) Um, So Galatians chapter 2 and verse 15, this is what Paul says about justification. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So also we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. Galatians 2.17 But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ we were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if the righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So Paul is very concerned about this matter of justification. Why is this on my mind? You might ask, Ben. I'm glad you asked. Um, I recently, I'm in the graduate program in the brand new School of Divinity at Welch College. 
And shameless plug, it's an awesome brand new program. And it's exciting that we're going to have finally an opportunity to provide an Arminian MDiv. This is the first time in history that we've been able to do this. Um, So I wrote a paper for my class, Issues in New Testament Studies on Justification. There is something out there called the New Perspective, plural, New Perspectives on Paul. And basically what the New Perspective uh, people like um, N.T. Wright and James Dunn uh, are arguing is that we have misunderstood Paul, Ben. So when mm-hmm. we read in Galatians that we're not justified by works of the law, uh, what N.T. Wright is saying is that you and I are just reading it only from post-Martin Luther, that we are uh, justified um, you know, not by buying indulgences from the Catholic Church, but by faith in Jesus. What N.T. Wright would say to you and I is like, well, you understand justification only from a reformational perspective, and so you need to get back to what the Bible believes. What I appreciate about the new perspectives on Paul is that they drive us to locate Paul and the New Testament in their context. They've taught us to appreciate Second Temple Judaism, the role it plays in the Gospels, the formation of the early church. But there are some very serious warning signs that we as Arminian Reformed Baptists need to be mindful of uh, when it comes to the new perspective. Um, We could talk about some of those uh, challenges. Most notably is the distinction of sin. N.T. Wright defines sin as sort of like a dehumanizing behavior. While sin is dehumanizing, I think there's more to it. And when we think about justification, Ben, there's two primary views of atonement that have been taught, believed throughout church history. The first is called penal satisfaction view of the atonement, and the second is general or the uh, the governmental view. Penal mm-hmm. satisfaction view says that you are justified only through the imputation of Christ's alien righteousness. Governmental view of the atonement uh, doesn't make the death of Christ necessity. It is uh, not as necess- necessary for Christ to die. So. That's a lot to dive into as we begin this episode here. But really what I'm concerned with is the new perspective people want to say, well, justification wasn't a big deal for Paul. But I think it was. And I think for Paul, justification was central to the gospel and how one is made right before God, which is why we have the preaching and why we have the church is that we might go out and proclaim this to those who don't know. So, Ben, that's a lot of words to... uh, unpack there. But this is kind of what I've been thinking about and just just how important it is for those who are listening to know that they are made right before the Father, um, not through their works, but through Jesus. And as we think about, um, we're coming up on Reformation Day. I don't know when this episode will air. It'll probably air after Reformation Day. But, you know, um, Martin Luther was willing to die for his belief that we are justified by grace through faith alone. When we say that we're reformed, we affirm all five solas, sola um, Christus, sola gratia, sola fide, sola scriptura. We we affirm this. People like New N.T. Wright would say, you guys are just holding on to the Reformation. We need to get back to the Bible. Well, we would say we do need to get back to the Bible. We need to be mindful of our pre- presuppositions, even if they're reformed presuppositions. But we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. My problem with N.T. Wright and, and that movement is 
he exposes a lot of problems with interpretation, but he doesn't really give us a lot of solutions. So that's a lot to unpack. Uh, Ben, I welcome your questions on this kind of research project I've been thinking about and justification. Well, I've got a ton of questions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I think this is vitally important to understanding not only uh, Christian doctrine, but most importantly, understanding the gospel. Um, When we think about Abraham, and we think about how Abraham is really the first, uh, well, it's not the first, but Abraham is the main character in the scriptures, which Paul describes when he talks about justification. You think about Romans 3, 4, and 5, Paul focuses on the Abrahamic covenant and Abraham's justification by faith. Um, And it's interesting to note that uh, Abraham is justified in Genesis 15. Circumcision is not instituted until Genesis 17. Another interesting fact is that the law is not brought about until some 400 years later after Abraham has already been justified. And what the New Perspective uh, tries to communicate is the idea that Paul uh, tries to have this working relationship with justification and the works of the law. Um, that's a problem. Uh, and and you, what you read in Galatians completely overhauls that thought uh, with the new perspective. Paul says that it's not by our works of the law that we can be justified. Otherwise, Christ died for no purpose. Um, In other words, the death of Christ, the gory, bloody, sacrificial death of Christ is nullified and void. Um, And how can you say, Galatians 2, 20 and 21, I've been crucified with Christ if your works of the law are, are, are work in tandem with justification. You can't. Um, so I think it is important, though, to kind of work backward um, or maybe go back to the beginning here to define justification. Um, I think what we have to understand is that the, re- the, the need for our justifying and also how justification is obtained. Um, so do you want to kind of walk us through that? Yeah, a simple uh, way to think about justification is, um, well, this is kind of a humorous way, and then I'll give a clear definition of it. When I grew up in North Alabama, there was this old Southern gospel song, um, Confession. I still listen to Southern gospel sometimes, not all the time, but I because it was just part of my foundation in coming to faith in Christ. Um, there was this old song, what sins are you talking about? He doesn't remember them anymore. And everybody's like, amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> some of the people are going to listen to this and be mad at me because I'm criticizing their favorite gospel song. But well, <laughs> the thing of it is Psalm 103, as far as the East is from the West, so far he casts our sin away from us. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Mm. But God does not have amnesia, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He knows about all the sins that I've committed in the past, all the ones I'll commit in the future, the ones I've committed today. He knows, but he doesn't hold it to my account because why? An outside righteousness has been brought in through faith, and he is now, though he remembers my sin, declaring me right. Now, the new perspective people, they make a big deal about this whole declaration, but F. Leroy Fourlines talks about Um, We're not just declared righteous. We actually become, in some ways, though sinful, righteous through Jesus. So definition of justification. 
justification is the means by which God as holy judge, his holiness has to be met. Yeah. Um, we cannot come back to God apart from holiness. The doctrine of justification allows God's holiness and God's love to be maintained in a beautiful harmony. Justification simply refers to positional standing before the holy judge. It is a forensic act. Yeah, I think that's vitally important for us. I think of Paul's words in Philippians 3 and verse 7. He says, but everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. He says everything is a loss. Now, Paul had all of these things. He mentions he's circumcised on the eighth day. He's of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a Pharisee. He's persecuted the church. He's blameless according to the law. And yet all of these things, what should be a gain, uh, if you think of like a financial term, as a, as a credit, is actually a debit compared to knowing Jesus. And he, he, he transfers all of his gains to losses because of knowing Christ. And the reason he says that is because of what he says in Galatians, that he's been crucified with Christ. And it's not no longer he who lives. It's no longer us who live. But it is Christ who lives in us and through us. Well, Ben, I think the doctrine of justification and the interaction that we have with people like N.T. Wright um, really kind of comes to a culmination point. When you think about there is another doctrine that our listeners need to familiarize themselves with, and that's called the doctrine of perspicuity. Perspicuity. Mm -hmm. We believe that God in His grace reveals Himself of His own will because He wants to be known. We believe that we can affirm the doctrine of plenary verbal inspiration, that the, that the Bible is, is trustworthy, it is without error, inerrancy. So all these doctrines are connected, infallibility, inerrancy, revelation, right? Absolutely. Now, how does that relate to the doctrine of justification? When we read Galatians 2 in our English translation, we're like, well, that makes pretty good sense to me. What people sometimes in academia want to do is they want to redefine the terms and while we would encourage people, go study the original language, look at the lexicon, look at your concordance of your Bible. At the same time, our listeners do not have to have a, a seminary or Bible college degree to understand the fact that they are separated from God and there's a great chasm larger than the Grand Canyon and we can't get back to God. And it's only through yeah. Jesus bridging the gap. You know, the penal satisfaction view of the atonement is not uh, maybe without... Um, it's not the perfect way of understanding, but it's the biblical way. And mm -hmm. nothing else makes sense biblically than the imputed righteousness of Jesus. So my point that I'm trying to bring out, Ben, is that the perspicuity of Scripture is simply the teaching that the Bible can be understood. What really goes wrong sometimes in th when theologians do this is they want to redefine words like justification. N.T. Wright does that. Right. Um, N.T. Wright, actually, you know, his definition of, of justification uh, is very different than how you or I would. And I can actually give that specific definition to you um, if you're interested. But, you know, I think the main point that we need to understand is that the way we define justification matters and we don't need to impose our paradigm on it. But N.T. Wright needs to be mindful that he's imposing his Anglican understanding on, on the text as well. 
Yeah, I think that's vitally important. We need to understand that when we try to define justification in a different way than than the Bible defines it, what we're doing is we're actually uh, redefining the gospel altogether. Um, it's it, it's foolish of us as believers to say that justification by faith is an afterthought when Paul uh, speaks of the gospel. I mean, what what an an insult to the Creator God who has sent His Son to be our substitute and pay our sin debt and be our righteousness and 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 gift us His, uh, and then to say that we are justified by faith is just simply uh, just a portion of the equation. No, it's all of the equation. Well, it, four lines talks about justification being both positive and negative, right? The negative aspect of justification is that we have violated God's law. Yes. The positive aspect of it is that as holy judge in God's courtroom, the only way that we can be made right is if he makes a way for Mm -hmm. us to be made right. So four lines talks about the positive and negative aspect of justification. He talks about how it's connected to sanctification, which we've already discussed previously on the podcast, growing in holiness. But, um, you know, it's very important for us to consider that justification, as one writer says, addresses how persons are placed in right covenant relation through God's act in Christ and their response in faith. Um, Richard Hayes, in the his article in the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary, gives a very clear, you know, paradigm about this two concern of justification in Romans, which is being placed in right standing with God and the maintenance of God's integrity. Mm-hmm. So both are important. Matthew McAfee wrote a very helpful uh, article um, entitled The N.T. Right Effect, a free will Baptist assessment through the lens of Leroy Fourlines. He wrote that in Integrity back in, in 2019. Encourage our listeners to get a hold of that Integrity 2019 article because McAfee's absolutely right. Um, McAfee is, is on the faculty at Welch College in Gallatin and he says that um, right views sin as, quote, entirely from the human side of things and not God's. And then this is what I reacted to McAfee and said, a lack of a serious view towards sin results in a faulty view of justification. That's exactly right. And you might find this interesting as well, Ben. Tom Schreiner, the great Greek scholar from Southern Seminary, he said this about this whole justification works through the law thing. Schreiner interacts with um, Tom, uh, N.T. Wright and basically says the new perspective isn't really all that new. And so Schreiner actually says, Ben, faith that saves is a persevering faith. That's right. And faith are distinguishable but inseparable in Paul. Now, the fact that Schreiner, a Calvinist, would say persevering faith, Robert Pickerelli in his book on discipleship would say, Amen. Yeah, but we would also add another caveat to that: faith that saves is persevering. So that implies that one may not be able to persevere in their faith yeah. if they yeah. make shipwreck of it. How, however, we want to we want to communicate uh, a surety in your justification that the finished work of Christ is just that it's finished. He he proclaimed from the cross, it is finished. It is done. Nothing else needs to happen in order for one to be justified. And uh, I think this is such a wonderful note to end on. The hope of the gospel 
is that Christ has finished this work. You are justified by faith in Christ. You're not justified by works of the law. We are crucified with Christ. Our sins were placed on him. They have been uh, they have been satisfied. Their debt that we owe has been satisfied by Christ's sacrifice and his bearing God's wrath in our place. And we can now have assurance and surety that we are right with God based on the active and passive obedience of Jesus Christ. Dustin, anything else to conclude, man? Now, this has been so fruitful, I think. The doctrine of justification is rich for our souls. And I, as I did this research paper on an Arminian perspective of the new perspective, um, my soul was encouraged, Ben, but I was also convicted of sin and just reminded of the beauty of the gospel. Um, and as we sing in the song and as we sing in worship, my only hope of righteousness is not in me, but only in Jesus. Mm. Yeah, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We hope that this truth reaches you for your good and for God's glory. 